0: As believers, why do we suffer? I thought Jesus died on the cross so we didn't have to. What do we think about suffering? On this slice of fresh bread, part two, suffering. Welcome to Fresh Bread, a podcast, Ministry of Grace, Bible Church Gainesville, with Pastor Brandon and Pastor Keith. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to Fresh Bread Podcast 22. Fresh Bread, where well, we we're serving the truth of God's Word to a starving world. And last podcast, we just opened the can of suffering. We introduced the topic and went through some of the reasons why we suffer. And i trying to look at it from the other side, saying that we shouldn't suffer. There are some of those that say we shouldn't suffer who are uh, calling themselves believers. And so we've kind of dug into that. Now we're going to go continue on this road with Pastor Brandon. So let's dive back into this. I'm going to try to ask this question: If we are suffering, does that mean that we're we're more holy, or does it mean we're more of a sinner than another believer?
1: It's interesting because I, I don't think it's necessarily that you know suffering. The more we suffer, that that automatically means that we're more holy. I don't think that's the case because then you know because there's a lot of unbelievers suffer, and you know there's been unbelievers who have been, who have suffered incredible amounts. Of, you know just suffering as a as a general topic if you will but when we suffer as an example suffer persecution so I'm suffering for Christ's sake I'm I'm suffering persecution because of my belief in Christ I think that reveals our holiness I think that reveals our true faith that we suffer especially for his sake you know obviously I mean as an example if I have a job and you know I that someone comes to me and says well you know, if you believe a certain way, you know you're going to be you're you're going to be overlooked for a promotion, or you're going to be even potentially set aside, or or even fired because of this belief. If I choose to continue to state, you know, what I believe and to live what I believe, so that's a that's a form of persecution. And I do think that that shows and that that reveals our faith. I mean, God uses that that suffering to make us more holy, but I wouldn't say suffering in itself necessarily does because you know, as an example, someone might you know suffer because they think like they go after suffering and i don't think that that just the fact of suffering makes us any more faithful or, or holy you know in, in that sense it's the suffering that we endure for god and the way we endure it you know even in sickness there's a way that i can endure it there's a way that i handle it that i it's a, there's a testimony that i have when i handle it in the right way you know when i can say praise be to god you know that i'm going through this that it's that god is using this in my life. Praise be to God, you know, as an example of Johnny Erickson Tata, who's been handicapped most of her adult life. So she says, praise be the, to the Lord, you know, that he's put me in this position. You see her say those things and you know that it's it's real, you know, it's, it's it's something that's from the heart. I mean, God uses that, right? But then if someone in that position is constantly complaining and constantly telling you how bad it is and, or even, you know, using it as a, as a badge of honor, I mean, there's nothing intrinsically there that's gonna make them holy. It really ultimately is their faith. It's their faith that ultimately is the issue. If they have a true faith, as that suffering comes along and God uses that, then we see the dross of their faith being burned off. And that reveals a greater faith. And that's what we see with people like a Johnny Erickson Tata. That's what we see in the life of well, in the life of the apostle Paul, where those difficulties, those trials are are there that's testing that faith and it's proving that faith to be a real, true faith, and it's burning off the dross in their life that allows them to say, praise be to God that I'm going through this, and that God is using it for His glory, that God is using me as an example of faith, and as an example of, you know, someone who who is becoming more and more like Christ.
0: As the dross is burned off, that makes us more holy.
1: Yeah, when I say dross, I mean, I'm referring to the impurities. Right. So so speaking of of gold. I mean, there's impurities, and as heat comes into that, is applied, that the impurities get burned off. And so in our life, as heat is applied, which is in the form of a trial, according to James, it's in the form of a trial, it's in the form of suffering, some sort of difficulty that's there, persecution. As that, that comes along, the only thing I have left is my relationship with God and trusting that He is involved. And He's not doing it for bad reasons he's actually doing it for good reasons. There's a there's good reasons why this is happening. And you know, you could even go you know Romans Romans 8:28 or we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And so you have what you have is Paul is saying, those who love God, all things and that that includes trials, that includes suffering, that includes persecution, that includes sickness. All of these things work together. God uses them. You know, all things work together for good. I mean, God uses them for our good. You know, you have in the life of Joseph, Joseph told his brothers who had sold him into slavery in Egypt, you know, he told his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And so God uses that suffering for a good purpose, but He brings those things into our life, and it burns the dross off, it burns the impurities off, so all I am left with is trusting that that is really true. But ultimately, what I wanted to point out is in verse 29, this is Romans 8, 29, because those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become conformed to the image of His Son so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren, and those whom he predestined he also called, and those whom he called he also justified, and those whom he justified he also glorified and so if I'm in christ if i'm if I truly love God, if I'm saved. If I'm a believer, if I have true faith, then I trust that ultimately that golden chain of salvation, I trust in that, and I know that God, not only has He foreknew me, He also predestined me, and not only has He predestined me, He also called me, and that not only has He called me, He has also justified me, and not only has He justified me, but He will glorify me. And so, now I just said that in the future tense, but Paul uses the past tense and says that He will glorify glorify. And so I am so convinced that that is what's going to happen. I'm so convinced that I will spend eternity with Christ that I'm willing to suffer for a little while.
0: So I don't have to worry that my wife, Jenny, is more holy than I am because she suffered more than I am.
1: No, I mean, I mean, ultimately...
0: (laughs) Well, she is actually, but...
1: Well... I would say both of you are different people because of her suffering. That God has used her suffering—you did the the whole podcast with her as an interview—and that God has used her suffering in both of your lives to make you more like Christ. That you know, for her, it's been the dizziness and the struggle of dealing with something that she can't even very well describe, and it's hard for her to even put into words what's going on with her. And so, but I mean, you've watched that. And you've dealt with it, you know, as a husband, and you know God has used that suffering, you know, in her life, you know, to I mean, because it limits it limits you as well. It's not just that she's dealing with it, but you're dealing with it because you're having to serve her in a way that you wouldn't have had to serve her before. And that I mean, God is using that in your life, and it's a and He's also using it as a testimony, not only a testimony from her, but a testimony for from you and how you love your wife.
0: Your suffering is going to affect. More than just you as your believer. If you're married, it's going to affect your spouse. It's going to affect your kids.
1: Well, in a way, it affects the watching world. Again, I've used Johnny Erickson, taught us on, on several occasions but uh, as an example. But, I mean, how many people has she affected positively and had a testimony with because of her suffering, because of her physical handicap? You know, she could have completely felt sorry for herself. And never been used by God. It's it's interesting because there was a there's a young man that I know. well, I say young, he's older now, but he was young when he ended up being paralyzed from the neck down. And I, he has not lived his life for Christ. And it's been a sad thing to watch. There's there's a sadness about it that he's lost his you know he's lost his life. I mean, he's about the same age as Johnny e. Erickson Tata actually, and he spent his entire life in a in a wheelchair. But there's a sadness about that. You know, nobody wants to be around that. But Johnny Erickson taught a completely different story completely different because she's in Christ and Christ has used that as a testimony and she's she draws people in with her suffering in, in and in a good way I mean you you want to be around someone like that because of the joy that they that they have and you can see that joy and that's the joy that that James talks about when he says consider it all joy when you encounter various trials because it's how she's responding again it's her faith that's being purified and that testing is purifying that faith and it's making her more godly but at the same time, you know, she could have responded a complete, in a completely different way, and it would have been a, a testimony of how you how not to deal with suffering. And it's interesting because I think it it can go either way. I mean, in terms of. You know the unbeliever encounters suffering, and they, you know, woe is me! I'm. It's horrible. Why would God ever put me through this? Why would Why would He ever do this to me? I don't deserve this. And I, you know, and it's and nobody wants to hear that, right? And I mean, nobody wants to. You feel bad for them. It's not that you don't, but. But someone like a Johnny Erickson Tata that says, oh, this is for God's glory. And I know, oh, by the way, when when it first happened, I don't think she started out that way. I mean, I think it took time. I mean, it's not as if, you know, at, at the beginning she accepted it and was like, yeah, this is great. I'm going to use the rest of my life to be a testimony. But so God brought her to that. I mean, it was it was again, it's that testing of the faith that dross gets burned off over time. And I'm sure if she were sitting here today, I'm sure she would say, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but I would I would be willing to that she would to say that even today it's being burned off that it's not she hasn't arrived yet she has, she's not perfectly godly in every moment of the day and all the time that there are times when she does still question I I it wouldn't surprise me at all that if she said that
0: yeah and Jenny says that too most people that. We're never gonna have all of the, the dross out of us. Here on yeah. earth, yeah. Right. But it, I mean you know, that's the
1: whole that's the whole Paul, you know, that, that that whole idea of being glorified is that at some point, yes, I will have a glorified body and then I'd be no more suffering. You know, there will be no more complaining. Because I don't have anything to complain about. It's all bliss. But at the end of the day, here on earth, there's always going to be suffering, and I'm going to be battling my sin, you know, in terms of how I view it. Uh,
0: when we look at the other ministries that promote no suffering, that you can have a suffer free life if you have enough faith, you can be healed of all your infirmities, and you you can live a happy life for Christ. This world is not our home, but what they're saying is that, yeah, you can be pretty comfortable here, though, even though this world's not your home, you should be looking to glory rather than here for our comfort.
1: Yeah, I think we need to be careful and understand that that God has us here, and we need to see the purpose of suffering in this life. But at, at the end of the day, our suffering and pain does make us look at this world and say, this isn't my home. And I'm thankful that it's not my home. But in the meantime, you know, while I patiently wait, you know, while I patiently suffer, that God can use this suffering for our good and His glory.
0: Well, here's one that I got a lot when I started seminary. Jenny and I, we moved out to California from Minnesota, and I would call back to my sisters and my dad, and they'd ask me, "How's it going?" I would tell them the truth. You know, it's just, it was a struggle, especially our first. Our first semester, first year was really a struggle. I'm talking financially, physically, mentally, you name it, we struggled in it. And so I was not trying to sugarcoat it, but I wasn't trying to, to share everything, but I shared enough where they would say, and I remember my dad saying this, if you're doing God's will, shouldn't he be blessing you instead of you going through Suffering and trials.
1: Well, I think it's our understanding of blessing. I mean, it, it's interesting because God does bless us even through our suffering. You know, part of that, you know, and even in how we how He comforts us in our suffering. It's interesting because in 2 Corinthians 1 it talks about God as the God of comfort. I mean in the midst of our suffering, we can find great comfort whether it's people who minister to us. You know, in your case, it's you've ministered to your wife and he's used you to bring comfort to her in the midst of her suffering. I I would assume that it's caused you and your wife to have a greater better relationship, a closer relationship as you've suffered together. You know, I mean if you're if you're suffering well, I mean that's the kind of thing that happens and great blessing in that. Not only that, but I mean, it's interesting because God uses our suffering for ministry's sake. And so, as an example, you know, you I think you brought it up in the in the podcast with Jenny. I think you brought it up in the podcast with Jenny. But in terms of you know her ministry to the church and how God uses her suffering for greater ministry, I mean it, that's a blessing. She has greater opportunity because of what she's been through. I mean, we see that you know the Apostle Paul. I brought him up, you know, as an example. We we talk about Johnny Erickson Tata and how God has used her suffering, but there's great blessing in that suffering because he's used it for the benefit of others and she gets to partake in that she gets to partake in that harvest if you will of of souls who are, are helped and she gets to enjoy you know those times of God using her and people coming back and saying hey how God has used her in their in her life in their lives in terms of what they've done I mean so there's great blessing in the suffering in the midst of suffering if we only would come to see it and and understand it and see it through an eternal lens.
0: I had a lot of seminary professors tell their stories to me that were very similar. And I think you, I mean, you went through it too when you went to seminary. It's all part of it. And there is blessing in it. Absolutely. We're looking at it from a wrong point of view. And that's what my problem was. I was looking at it from, yeah, everything should be great. It should be roses and orange trees and but it wasn't and there's a reason for everything did you ever
1: go to the Roseboro parade I did actually yeah. yeah so there was roses again it nobody likes pain I mean right. I, very very few people like pain most people want to get away from pain you know most people want to get away from suffering I mean it's not something that comes naturally that we want uh, generally speaking and so yeah I mean we tend to we tend to see the negative side of it that's the that's what that's what our flesh sees I mean our flesh feels the pain but God uses that pain in order to make our faith grow greater and through that there's incredible blessing in how he uses it if we just trust in him.
0: Do you think it's more of a an American kind of mindset that when we're good, when we feel like we're doing God's will, we feel like we're giving up all this stuff to go and be a missionary or giving up all this stuff to go to seminary, that we should be blessed rather than than suffer. Or well I think a, it I think
1: it yeah, I think so human. <laughs> I think so. I mean I think that we as Americans think that things should be getting better and better. And you know that's kind of the, the way the world seems to go for us, that there's progress and, you know, there's there's medical progress. There's, you know, now we have incredible ways to, to alleviate suffering. And, and so I think that we think that, that uh, that's the way it should be. But unfortunately, I think a lot of the decay in society has to do with, you know, the fact that there's too much comfort mm-hmm. in, and, you know, that people aren't accustomed to suffering. And so, there's great comfort in our society because we have so many things that just come easy for us.
0: Why is it that we feel like, and it's just, just our human side, that if we're doing something for God, that I'm giving this up, like I mentioned, we're, we're giving this up, we're going to be a missionary. God, you owe me. Yeah. You owe me happiness. You owe me blessing.
1: Absolutely, I mean, because we because we are sinful and we don't recognize what God how God uses us, the suffering in our life, and we don't recognize that that ultimately that's how God works. We don't even know what real blessing is. I mean, that's He has to even show us that and teach mm-hmm. us that, and I think He does that because He's infinitely wiser than we are. And it's interesting. I I often brought, bring this up, but I think it's important here. You know, James brings up. You know, you talk talk about James one two through four, which we've talked about a couple of different occasions, you know, here in this podcast, but Right after that, James says in verse five, this is James one five. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith, doubting nothing, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. And and you ask yourself, that seems to be you know in the context, it seems to be like he's changed complete thoughts, but he actually hasn't. What he's saying is is that as you go through these great difficulties, as you go through these trials, this is how God is working through them, but here's the deal. You need wisdom. You need God's wisdom to make it through the trial, and so God's wisdom helps us see why the trial is even there and helps us understand even the blessing. So when he says if any of you lacks wisdom, well the truth is we all lack wisdom. And as we go through the trial, we need to be asking God to reveal the reason for the trial so that we might see and understand the blessing that's happening, you know, in the midst of the trial. But, you know, that whole the whole thing about being unstable in in all your ways. I mean, if I'm going back and forth, if I'm if, if I'm in the midst of a trial and I'm waffling back and forth, I'm unstable. And I can't expect anything from the Lord I can't can't, that's what James says that i'm a I'm a man who's like the surf of the seed that I'm driven and tossed by the wind the and in being so because I'm going back and forth I'm not trusting the Lord and basically taking things in my own hands and i'm I'm dealing with things in my own way I mean as, you know as an example I'm being persecuted so maybe i'm I'm lashing out and I'm going against people in a way that's ungodly and I'm responding in ungodly ways I mean i'm I'm back and forth i mean James is saying that I'm just like the surf of the sea and I ought not expect anything to receive anything, being a double-minded man, because I, I keep going back and forth, and, and, you know, this thing happens to me, and I keep responding in worldly ways, but then I'm back over here trust, trying to trust the Lord and praying. But, you know, He says, look, don't don't be a doubting man. Be solid, be stable, and be trusting, because that's how God is going to work through that suffering, and that's ultimately how you're going to receive and see the blessing that He's trying to give you through, you know, the trial.
0: Yeah. If only we knew all this before.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's, again, that's the thing is that I, you know, the things that I know now about suffering, you know, I wished I would have known when I was younger, but I didn't, you know, I didn't recognize them. And yet I have to recognize that there is a process that God has put me through in order to see those things in a in a better light with better understanding.
0: I would have loved to have had this kind of mindset starting seminary rather than going through it, but it it took a while to sink in.
1: But but here's a but here's what's interesting. I don't think I said this earlier and I kind of it's, it's hit me a couple of times in our discussion is that when you look back on it, would you change anything? I'm not saying would you do things differently at times. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is that would you change anything about the process?
0: I, I don't think so, but I know that Jenny and I have talked about if we had known what was going to happen, we might not have went to seminary because it might have been overwhelmingly what we weren't expecting.
1: Yeah, I guess okay. Let say me say that again. Well, let me let me back up and say. Yeah, I mean, if you knew then in your position at that point and who you were at that point and you knew what you were going to have to go through, you might say no to it. But I'm saying from your perspective today, would you change it?
0: No, that is something I've looked at and said, maybe we shouldn't have went to seminary because we didn't have a great experience. It was rough. It was tough. But now being here in Gainesville at this moment, looking back, yes, I mean, all that stuff, I I wouldn't change it.
1: Yes, even the experience that you had after Mark died. Yes. And even the experience of going through the death of, you know, your pastor Mark, you know, would you change that experience today and what how God used that? No, because yeah. obviously you you would love to have Mark back. Yeah. But in the Lord's providence, that's not what happened, but would you change the, what has resulted from it?
0: No, that is something that you can't ready yourself for something like that. So you just you just go through it. And it's like you were saying that faith, faith to get through things, faith to believe that God is good, faith that God uses everything for good. Sure. They are true.
1: And so, when you look back, you see God's hand on the whole thing. Yeah. And that's the part you wouldn't trade. You know, it's interesting because I look back at my life and I say there's been some incredibly difficult things in my life. But I can honestly say, I, even though I didn't like it, looking back from my perspective now, I wouldn't change a thing. Yes, I have regrets. I have things that I wished I'd have done differently. But ultimately, when I look at it all in the balance and I look at what God has done through all those things that have happened, I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change any of the suffering because the man I am today is a product of God's work in my life through
0: all of those things. There are things that happen in our lives that cause suffering that make us who we are, and you can't avoid that. Well, so. and, that's,
1: and I think that's why, you know, Joseph, when the brothers were there and it, what God had done, he was able to say, you meant it for evil, God meant it for good. He saved many people, and and ultimately, ultimately, he was the man that he was standing there because of all that God had done, and he was able to say that, you know. And ultimately, it's interesting. Judah came to that same conclusion, and the reason why Judah was who he was is because of all that God had brought him through. But yes, I mean, God used the all of those events, all of those things, in order to for their good and and for His glory. And as we look back on those things, we see it. We see it clearly. Hopefully, this is the, again that whole whole thing about the faith hopefully as we look forward and we see potential struggle going forward and we we look at what's coming up we can look at it with a with even greater faith knowing what God has done in the past there's absolutely nothing I was quoting Romans 8:28 earlier in 8:28 and 29 but I mean, in, in context, I mean, he goes on to say, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? I mean, that's in that's in the context. So if God has promised those who he has conformed to the image of his son, you know, those whom he has predestined, those whom he has called, those whom he has justified, if all of that is true, then Paul's answer to that is, what shall we say to these th- these things? If God is for us, who is against us? If he he who indeed did not spare his own son from suffering, but he but delivered him over for us, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? So I can trust that if I look back and I see the suffering and I see what God has done in my life, how can I not trust going forward what he's going to do? If I look at what he did to his own son in terms of why he did it, you know, the promise of eternity because of that— how can i not look and go oh my goodness lord the lord is going to take care of me for the for the remainder of my days for sure but i can trust him into eternity because look at all of these what he's accomplished and and so then then he says who will bring a charge against God's elect. God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who is raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will affliction or turmoil or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake we are being put to death all day long. We were counted as sheep for the slaughter. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us, right? I mean, so because of what Christ, because of his suffering, I can trust him and I can know that that in him we have overwhelmingly conquered all all of those things. And even though I may suffer for a little while, I can trust Him. Ultimately, He has done what He's done, and I can trust in that work. And I can trust that for eternity, I will be glorifying Him for what He's done. Amen.
0: So how do we answer non-believers? I'm sure you've gotten this, and if you haven't, you're going to get it. If God is good, then why is there even suffering?
1: Because I think it reveals His glory in a greater way, that Ultimately, when all said and is, when all is said and done, when there is no more suffering, that we will look at God and we will give Him all the glory, because He ultimately, ultimately had the right answer all along. I mean, if you will, if you if you'll let me use it, use that phrase it in that way. But ultimately, he was right all along. I think that he preordained this sinful, fallen world so that he would get all the glory. And I know that may sound, how dare he do that? But when you you know, God is God in His position of being perfect, that he is the greatest, he's the greatest answer of everything. And so just the fact that we come to see that and and we come to worship him for who he is, it it makes it all worth it.
0: So is God the cause of all suffering?
1: I think he's the ultimate cause, yes. Isaiah 45, 7, the one forming light and creating darkness, producing peace and creating calamity I am Yahweh who does all these and I know that that is a difficult doctrine to understand but I I think God is the ultimate cause of suffering but he's not the proximate cause meaning that you can't well he's not the proximate cause of sin which I you know is ultimately the reason why there is suffering but he has ordained suffering for his glory and our good so
0: can we can we suffer so much that it can actually cause us to turn away from god
1: if you're a believer no for the believer it reveals our faith it reveals the genuine nature of our faith that it's a genuine faith for the believer for the unbeliever suffering reveals that they have no faith it reveals the lack of faith you know and for the and for someone who is weak in faith i think suffering burns away that weakness in faith and makes it strengthens their faith so we've kind
0: of talked about this but I'm just going to flat out ask it because I think this is another one we're going to get. Is it God's will for all believers to be healthy and well?
1: Is it God's will that all believers be healthy? No, it's not. That ultimately he uses the suffering in the life of the believer as a testimony as a testimony to how we ought to respond to suffering, how we ought to cease suffering. It's His will that we all be healthy. And that doesn't mean that, you know, I can't pray to be healed. I mean, I, you know, I have health issues, as you know, and, you know, I, I would I would like to live longer and serve Him in, a, in different ways. And so if that's His will, I hope that that's what happens. But But I have to recognize that he uses the health issues he uses it for his glory and my good and, and it may not be his will that I be it may, it may be that I have to suffer even, even in even greater ways I mean I don't need to go striving for that you know I had an operation this time last year almost exactly a year ago you know and I you know the Lord used that went to ha- had that operation in order to get better and, and I think that's okay. I don't think that's a I don't think that's a wrong thing to do. I don't want to. Again, we're not suffering for suffering's sake. We're suffering. You know, it's it again. It's a response to our suffering and how we how we respond. So,
0: does God use evil and suffering for His purposes?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's very difficult to completely reconcile. Holy God does that, but it's clear that He does use it so that it would reveal His glory. You know, it's kind of the. You know favorite analogies is the diamond against a black backdrop you know god is is the diamond that shows shines all the more when we see him against a black backdrop um you know the world of sin and suffering, and we see God in greater and greater ways and understand him in greater and greater ways because of the backdrop of sin and the sin fallen world that we live in
0: so can our suffering be a testimony
1: well, I think yeah absolutely, yeah, I mean that's a That's a, that's a given in in the sense of, you see, it, I, I would argue that, that in reality, if you, if you, when you think about what God has done through different people throughout history, it's usually the suffering that we point to, you know, and that's, you know, how much they've suffered that, you know, instead of how much they've built or what all, you know, obviously we do, you know, like, you know, you do see the, the, positives of their ministry but many times it's the suffering that and how they've responded through that suffering and how God blessed them through that suffering that we end up pointing to you know and seeing in terms of in terms of the fruit of the ministry
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so one more question why does it seem like the wicked prosper and the righteous suffer
1: well a lot of times the wicked get their you know their payment in full here, the things that they do, and you know that it's their wickedness ultimately that causes them to prosper here in mm-hmm. in this world because we're in a fallen world, and so they, the wicked, understand that and they use it to their advantage. But that's that's their payment in full. I mean, what they have. I mean, I, I you know it's interesting because you know the rich man and and Lazarus, you know the the story there in Luke that Jesus tells and. You know that rich man got everything in li- in this life. I mean, he had everything that he wanted, everything he he was ever going to have. He received in this life, and it was temporal. I mean, it was just for the here and now. And and then you know he's in Hades and he's suffering and he's going to suffer forever. I could suffer temporarily. I can suffer now for Christ's sake, using the Matthew five that I've quoted earlier. I can suffer now for His sake and ultimately i i live forever eternal bliss or i can get that today i mean i can get the quote unquote bliss today and i can prosper today and truthfully i mean it you know the wicked prosper because it because it's profitable to lie it's profitable to do certain things to cheat i mean there's a there's a it's temporary, there's no doubt about it. It does I mean even here on earth it's temporary because it's you know you get away with it until you don't get away with it, but there's going to be a season where you can prosper by doing wickedness. You have to understand it's very temporal.
0: I agree. So let's wrap this up. Hopefully you didn't have to suffer too much from listening to this. So as believers we are going to suffer, we don't go looking for it, but when it comes, when it comes into our lives we embrace it. It's to make us stronger. It takes away the impurities in yes. our lives. It makes us more like Christ. Yes, Jesus did die on the cross, but it it wasn't so that we wouldn't suffer.
1: Pay the, the eternal penalty for our sins. And though we may suffer for a little while, we suffer now that ultimately, because of what Christ has done, that we won't have to suffer the wrath of God for all of eternity.
0: Wow, that's a good way to end it. You've been listening to Fresh Bread, podcast ministry of Grace Bible Church Gainesville. For more information, go to gracegainesville.org. And thanks for listening.